In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. This coming Tuesday, we will celebrate our nation's 247th birthday. That's actually quite a long time for a nation to be known for its freedom. But if you look at our history in comparison with world history, America is just a child. A child among other nations, nations like Egypt and China, Japan, Rome, Greece, all make America's history look very short. Just consider what a brief time we have been a nation with this time stamp. When Thomas Jefferson died, Abraham Lincoln was only 17 years old. When Lincoln was assassinated, Woodrow Wilson was a boy of only eight years old. And by the time Woodrow Wilson died, Ronald Reagan was but 12 years old. There you have it. The lives of just a few men that take us back to the beginning of our country 247 years ago this week. All that to be said to say this, we are a very young nation. Yet today, we stand tall among all the great nations because of the principles on which we are established. Because we are established under these principles. One nation under God. Our founding fathers went on to pen these words 247 years ago. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thus begins a declaration that we will celebrate this week as a people. Friends, don't let anyone fool you. Our freedom should be celebrated. Many churches and many preachers today loathe patriotism in the pulpit. Unfortunately for you, I am not one of them. <laughs> I praise God and recognize my freedom and our nation's freedom that my grandfathers both died in the Pacific for, that my father bled in service for, and that my brother served to protect that gave me this opportunity for us to be gathered today as a free people that can gather today in God's name in this house. Amen. I can't tell you whether God has blessed us with liberty and therefore we are free, or we have wisely built our liberty on biblical principles and thus we are free. But either way, I do know this. I can say our freedom is from God. But let me add, our freedom celebration comes with a caution. Along with freedom comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. Proverbs 14.34 says this, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. King Solomon <laughs> And all his wealth and wisdom lived and died those very words. 
Later, Jesus, speaking to the Israelites who thought they were free, said these words in John chapter 8. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Friends, this morning, if I can get this to advance, see if you can move that thing. Let me see here. Since I dropped this thing, it may not want to play today. But we need that slide right there. Can you grab that next slide? There we go. This morning, we're going to look at a passage that's going to exposit for us what freedom really looks like. It's not in your bulletin, so I'm going to ask you to follow along today. We're going to look at Paul's words to the church in Galatia. So I want you to either open your Bibles or follow along with the screen behind me, because in this passage today, Paul is addressing the Galatians. He says in the first verse, chapter 5, verse 1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. St. Paul then goes on to say these words later in the 13th verse. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Friends, what is true for the church and for us is true for a nation. Liberty demands responsibility, and it should always produce peace and civility. To maintain freedom requires righteous living and behavior. On this 4th of July, on Tuesday, let's all celebrate our liberty and also recognize our responsibility. But before we can celebrate, we need to focus on those two topics right there, liberty and responsibility. The Apostle Paul was a true champion of liberty. He traveled throughout the entire Roman Empire, planting churches, boldly proclaiming the gospel. The Galatian church was no exception. These converts to Christianity, many being Jews living in that area, along with countless Gentiles, eagerly accepted the gospel as Paul preached it, a message of freedom. Freedom from the Old Testament law that had been piled up on the people that they could not keep. We can't even keep the ten that we heard in the Decalogue. And they piled 600 on top of that. It was an impossibility. Friends, Jesus is man's only source of freedom and liberty, period. What are meant by these two terms? Both refer to the quality of being free. But to be from what and free to do what? That becomes a question. Actually, freedom and liberty are the first two principles in Christian conservatism and the last principles in progressive socialist ideology. Man's not justified by observing Old Testament law, but by faith alone in Christ alone. That's how we are justified. A straightforward message of salvation by grace through faith in Christ. 
Some Christian Jews believed Paul, though, had gone too far. So they came in behind him and told the Galatian converts that Paul was only half right. They still had to observe certain ceremonial laws and traditions that had been piled upon them, which they claimed were still binding in the new Christian church. But Paul's response to those men, who he called Judaizers, is also recorded in Galatians chapter 5. And it still echoes true to this very day. If we can get the slide to move, we'll show it to you. Let's see if we can get it. There we go. This was Paul's response to the Judaizers who demanded circumcision. Paul told the church, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. That if you cling to these added Old Testament laws, you will be obligated to obey the entire law, the whole law. That by trying to be justified by the law would cut them off from Christ and separate them from Jesus' grace. There's a bit of strange satire in Paul's warning right here. The word cut off or severed used by Paul here means to separate oneself from the gospel. It is also used to describe the act of circumcision. So in other words, if they still observed circumcision, they were also circumcising themselves from Jesus and were cut off from God. Friends, St. Paul was dead serious about freedom and responsibility. Our founding fathers of this nation were just as serious about our national and religious freedom, making little distinction between the two of them. That's why the Declaration of Independence says that liberty is a right endowed not by nature or man's policies, but by Almighty God himself. Folks, as God-fearing people, we must be serious about our freedom and our liberty. Again, Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. In this simple verse, we see established a rule or a standard composed of two alternatives. There is no middle ground. Patrick Henley boldly said, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. We are serious about our freedom because we must be to stay free for us to be able to gather like this. That's why we have to be serious about our freedom and our responsibility. Paul's words to the Galatians were theological, but they were also the bedrock on which this nation was founded. God in Christ Jesus provides our freedom. We all know what happens when we stray from God, don't we? Look at what's happened in the last just 47 years. We took God out of our school, didn't we? We paid for that. But praise be to God, Governor Abbott signed a law on the 18th of last month, and it will put God back in our schools. Praise be to God. There always has been and always will be those who oppose our freedom, always. Paul faced them constantly. He faced it in the words and actions of the Judaizers. Lincoln saw it, and we fought against it as a nation on Civil War battlefields. Martin Luther King encountered it, and he died for it in Memphis. John F. Kennedy died for it as well. These were his words in his inaugural address 
that warned all our enemies of liberty. Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we will pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, in order to assure the survival and success of liberty. Amen. Once again, liberty and freedom are the first principles of Christian conservatism and the last principles of progressive socialist ideology. It never ceases to amaze me why people prefer tyranny, dictatorship, and socialist control over democracy, liberty, and priceless freedom. I believe that that happens because there's really three kinds of people in this world. The first two are related, those who have need to control and those who have a need to be controlled. But there's also a third kind of person, the person who is free, who is set free in Christ, who is willing to die so others can be free. Those are the people we celebrate when we celebrate our freedom that made this possible for us to be here today. This week, as we celebrate our liberty, let's not forget to celebrate our responsibility to peace and civility. Because all these values represent the Judeo-Christian values that this nation was formed on 247 years ago. Friends, some of our greatest thinkers in this nation, in this world, brought and spoke into this need in this world that we live in today. I want you to hear a few of these quotes today. Peter Marshall, his Presbyterian pastor, once said, The choice before us is plain, Christ or chaos. Conviction or compromise? Discipline or disintegration? I'm rather tired of hearing about our rights and privileges as American citizens. The time has come, is now, when we ought to hear about the duties and responsibilities of our citizenship. America's future depends upon her accepting and demonstrating God's government. Powerful words. Pope John Paul II said, Every generation of Americans needs to know that freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we should to uphold our freedom. Founding Father John Adams said, Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. Challenging, powerful words. George Orwell said of freedom and liberty, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they don't want to hear. Amen. I'm going to bring this home today with a quote from St. Paul to the Galatians. He was well out in front of all those men. Paul said in Galatians 5 verse 3, do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Use your freedom to serve, friends. In other words, freedom should always be used to pursue good. Paul went on to list the fruits of the spirits in this fifth chapter of Galatians that you're very familiar with. And those are the qualities that as Christian disciples we should all be producing, right? Love, joy, peace. 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Friends, the message that Paul teaches is very clear. Liberty brings responsibility and should produce peace and civility. Friends, if we don't take our freedom responsibility seriously, we will fail as a nation, period. Alexander Teitler lived at the end of the 18th century, and he wrote a book entitled The Decline and Fall of the Athenian Republic. And in that book, it delivers a very strong, pointed warning. Tatler's work discovered that all ancient democracies eventually collapsed under selfishness, compromising complacency of the human heart. The human heart that I should point out, which Jeremiah said, is deceitful above all things. Tatler wrote, and I'm going to put this up here if we can. We can do some, one more slide here. that slide going. Can you advance that slide? There we go. Tytler wrote this. This is often referred to as the Tytler cycle. In his book he said that the average age of the world's greatest civilizations had been only 200 years. That means we're 47 years past due, right? Those nations all progressed through the following sequence of events called the Tytler cycle. They went from bondage to spiritual faith. From spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to complacency, from complacency to apathy, and from apathy to dependency, from dependency back to bondage. How many people in this room would be honest enough to say that you've lived that cycle other than me? All of us have. Friends, that is the cycle this nation is into right now today. Jesus sternly warned us in last week's sermon that I preached to you that we must be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. He went on today in the most powerful, challenging chapter, Matthew 10, to tell us exactly what that discipleship looks like. It comes with a great cost and a great deal of responsibility comes with it. And that responsibility is upon us to maintain the freedom to what we enjoy today, and that is to worship our God. Sadly, our nation has lost much of its fortitude and strength in recent decades. We have become complacent and often compromised civility. It's up to each of us as faithful disciples to break the Tytler cycle that you just see on that wall behind me. Because that cycle is in your personal life and in the life of a nation if we don't fight against it. And if we don't implore Jesus to strengthen us to do that. Let's not allow abundance acquired through liberty to make us complacent. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people or any nation. This week, let's celebrate our liberty and freedom, and let's never forget our patriotic responsibility and Christian call to civility in that process. Friends, sin and compromise are equal opportunity destroyers of our faith and our freedom. Remember, when the sun sets you free, we are free indeed. But we're not free from our responsibility to uphold freedom. Freedom is maintained by faithful commitment to God and country. 
So let's celebrate this week. And I pray that you all will have a happy Independence Day. Let freedom ring and let it be seen and lived out in your life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.